When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So you want to be a rock and roll star? No? Well, how about a podcast star? Well, as it turns out, there's a new all-in-one platform just for you. It's called Anchor, and it's the easiest way to make a podcast. And check this out. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And then Anchor will distribute the podcast for you. So it can be heard on Spotify and Apple Podcast and, you know, everywhere else in, uh, in podcast land. And what's even better, you can actually make money from your podcast. Go figure. Uh, no minimum listenership on that. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So go ahead, download the free Anchor app right now or go to anchor.fm to get started. So what are you waiting for? Podcast stardom is within your reach. I'm Leo Phillips, host of This Must Be The Gig. We're a weekly podcast that documents everything about the world of live music. Speaking with choreographers, costume and set designers, the people who run beloved venues and festivals, and, of course, speaking with musicians about that one gig that changed their lives. Get your peek behind the curtain at consequenceofsound.net, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Consequence Podcast Network. Welcome to another edition of Kyle Meredith with the interview series presented by WFPK at WFPK.org. Consequence of Sound and the Consequence Podcast Network. Take our moment before we get in here to do the uh, to do the to do the business, right? First, I want to say hi to all of you subscribers. Thank you so much for checking out the series every week. With the new interviews arriving every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, appreciate all the comments that you left around in the various spots that you might be listening to. If you haven't uh, taken the moment to give the series a rating, uh, that's always a huge help. You can always uh, give it a review or, uh, or again, just, just say hi. And if you're not a subscriber, uh, it's the best way to keep up with what your favorite artists are up to. So grab that preferred listening device and head to wherever you grab things that download or, or stream to the, your preferred device and, uh, and hit that subscribe button. We will deliver these things straight to your earbuds multiple times weekly. I'm Kyle Meredith, and today my guest is the band Blitz Vega. So this is uh, Andy Rourke, who a lot of you will know as the founding basis for The Smiths, and Cav, K-E-V. 
An artist who the headlines will tell you was a part of the uh, Happy Mondays during the reunion uh, shows in the early 2000s. Both are DJs, both are longtime friends, and after knowing each other for uh, a handful of years, they finally uh, got together and created Blitz Vega. So uh, Cav and Andy are going to tell us that whole origin story and how mashing up all of their influences has created really cool sound. I mean, it's rock, it's dance, it's uh, a bit psychedelic, so we'll hear about that. Uh, Andy, you know, this is the first project he had done since the band Dark. Um, that was a project that he was doing with uh, Dolores from uh, the Cranberries uh, as she passed away. So we'll hear how that influenced the project as well. And the connections to the musical past. The vintage gear used by Bowie himself during the Ziggy Stardust years, recording at Abbey Road and the weight of a building with that much history. The process of recording live and what goes into that. And the song. So far there are three singles. Uh, hey Christo, Lost and Found, L.A. Vampire. We'll get the stories behind Lost and Found and L.A. Vampire. And then what to expect next. You've got a trio of singles out. Where do they go from here? We're going to get that as well. So let's jump into it. Talking with Andy Rourke and Cav, it's Kyle Meredith with Blitz Vega. Hi, Kyle. Blitz Vega, uh, f- you've got three singles out. They have been some of the coolest tracks I have heard all year, and I'm not blowing smoke uh, your all's way. This is some really exciting music that you're both doing. I-, I know this is probably getting to be the least part of the interview, but uh, I would love to hear the creation story of how the band came about. Uh, how, what you know, what brought you all together? I was obviously distraught about the passing of Dolores and um, my band and was just very disillusioned for probably five, six months. And Cab was one of the first people that sprang to mind that I'd like to work with and do something. Andy, I'm sure there's, you know... No drought of people that would uh, that would even want to work with you and, and to have your selection like that. I mean, what did you see in Cav that uh, that that was exciting for you? I don't know. Like from our initial meeting, we we always had this spark, and we always had this idea about yeah, we're going to make some music together at one time. And the moment you know, the moment was never perfect. Um, you know, we met uh, at Coachella again, and, you know, the stars were aligned, and, yeah, we made some definite plans, and, yeah, I started making trips to L.A., which I, you know, I found exhilarating, even if it was just to get out of New York, but I was obviously excited to work to do some work with Cal. And then uh, we did some uh, recording at Abbey Road, and we built a great band. It sounds fantastic. Uh, I, I, th- I think that that just really sort of made us fall in love with making music. You know, um, again, if we had fell out of love with it, which I don't think you know we had, but it, it was just exciting, and it still is, and it's just great. So you know, that, that was it. You know, we were just bouncing off each other, and you know, having such a great band to play with as well. You know, they really good people to play with so um it's a band that's it's created for i suppose it's a musician's band you know not in the fact that you know you're up your own you know arse or anything kind of trying to do like a 10 minute bass solo or anything like that but it's like um it's just you know the vibe of playing with good musicians and you just enjoy it and uh yeah that's kind of it 
Does the um, you know? I do pick up a bit of a a, a psych sound, a little bit of a psychedelic song sound through through the music. Does that come natural for you all, or or was that any bit of intentional? Uh, it was the mushrooms. It was the mushrooms. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah it, it, I, I think it's just to be honest, the sound that you know we're creating is just natural. It's just there. So all the bands we've been influenced by over the years, all the bands we've probably listened to. You know, we're constantly absorbing everything that surrounds us. And, you know, from a writing point of view as well, from a lyrical point of view, you know, they're all experiences, day-to-day kind of um, experiences, you know. So it's just that that's what it is. So um, there's no sort of overthinking. And I think that was key. That was really important to us, to just make music that came naturally without sort of, you know, a crazy master plan or anything behind the sound. I think there's a lot of that that goes on, you know, these days with labels and, you know, people putting stuff together or whatever. There's a project, there's like a game plan to it all. And really for us, it's just, you know, you know, excuse the cliche, but it is really just about the music, you know, and that's it. But I think, you know, our um, overall intention was to... I don't know, just take things to the limit, you know, mm-hmm. make it, make the music extreme and shout it out loud. Andy, you know, you you had mentioned, you know, coming off of Dark and, and the horrible loss of Dolores, you know, when you go into a project like this then and talking about, you know, going about the music in the way that you did, does, did that experience specifically put you in a certain space for the music that you would create here? I'm pretty sure, yeah, it, it had an impact. Yeah, it still does. You know, it makes you value the people that you work with as musicians. You know, it's like a relationship. It's a, well, it is a relationship. And so, you know, when I lost Dolores, you know, yeah, like Luke, you know, losing a relation. So I suppose you have to value more the relationship that you have with the people that you work with. It's an album with, uh, it's seemingly, at least how I uh, perceive it, you know, with connections to the past, which I, as I understand, right down to the equipment used. When you talk about, like, I, I like hearing you guys talk about the equipment because it seems like you center in on that one thing, that Ziggy Stardust mixing board. What's the story? Because when I'm thinking of, like, equipment, it's just a piece of equipment or whatever, but that's there's something magical about that, right? Definitely, there's magic in all equipment, you know. It's, yeah. Uh, you know, um, especially when you're using vintage gear that's had so many people, like like obviously the Ziggy Stardust desk that we used for the first single, Hey Christo. Um, if, I, I mean, I guess it, it, just knowing that gave us a bit of an edge and sort of influenced the music naturally as well. So I guess, you know, it's like when we walked into Abbey Road, immediately, you know, you walk into Studio 2 and you've got all of that gear there and you've got, you know, the piano that you've seen McCartney and Lennon play and you've got, like, you know, just got all this amazing equipment and you're looking up at the sort of control room that you've seen, you know, thousands of times in different documentaries and on pictures and whatever else and you can kind of smell the history in in that studio as well and then naturally you just kind of, I mean, we just felt so comfortable, you know, and at home just knowing that all these great musicians that we loved and appreciated had, you know, walked through those doors. And, you know, there's no doubt it kind of 
it sort of influences the music, your mood, your vibe, everything, you know, the way you sort of uh, deliver your words or play your guitar, every, everything, you know, it's there. And it, it's like a building absorbing, you know, the energy of the people who who passed through it, I guess, you know, it works, it's great, you know. It's so inspiring. As soon as you walk through the door, you just feel inspired to work and, and do your best. I guess they don't have the uh, the white lab coats these days around Abbey Road, though. <laughs> no, not that I saw. It's the only thing missing. But, you know, it's not like you all took the easy way out on this, though. I mean, you know, in the modern way of, of doing a record, a lot of people will build it from the ground up. But, but did I read right that you all still decided to record this live? I mean, you have to know the songs, yeah. if that's true. Like, you, to me, it would seem like yeah, you have to know those songs. Yeah, we had to really have our shit together. Everything we didn't want any overdubs, you know, that was the thing. We wanted to sort of capture the energy of a band playing live and playing those songs, you know, recording in a way that felt natural. And if we made mistakes, and those mistakes were going to be included on those songs, you know, um, because that was just what happened, and you know, kind of thing. And, you know, that, it, it's like you're sort of trying to work out the best way to capture the energy you have when you're performing a song, you know, for the first time or whatever, you know, you're just trying to just kind of really feel it and somehow deliver it on record. And I guess for me, it was the first time where I suppose I've ever felt that personally been able to do that. I know Andy's done that before, but for me, it was just like, wow, you know, we've really captured this. And, you know, we didn't do any overdubs. We used everything we recorded and that was it. And we did a few takes of each song. We we walked in there at 9 a.m., started recording at 10 and finished at 10 p.m. at night, you know, and we just kept on playing the set back to back, back to back, having a 15 minute break, going back in and recording again and just hammering through. And, you know, in a way, I kind of remember reading about, you know, obviously the Beatles recording like that uh, way back, um, you know, um, in their early in their early days as well. And I just thought that would be a great way to kind of do it. And, you know, uh, we had to rehearse hard, didn't we, Andy? I mean, we, we hours rehearsing yeah. and rehearsing and rehearsing the songs. So yeah. Was, we get, um, yeah, it was a cool way to do it. It was definitely tough, but, um, you know, worth it. I think the outcome shows our power and determination to make a great record. Does both of you being DJs, does that lend anything specific to the project? Because it is rock music with a dance groove. I would say not at all. Um, no, 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 no. I mean, I, mean, I guess, I guess the only way it does is, yeah, like you say, it's got the groove and stuff. I, I, I suppose when we're choosing a set list, um, when we're choosing, like, you know, which track follows another track, when we've been, you know, choosing which single's coming next, that kind of thing, you naturally sort of have that experience from a tune selection point of view to which songs work with each other after each other and stuff. So I guess... You know, in that way, then it does influence, you know, that's not... Yeah, I agree, Kat. Yeah, it's more uh, for reference. We definitely made a few references along the way. Yeah, um, it's like a tune selection point of view. But, you know, obviously there's a dance groove there, there's a group, you know, but that's that's just something that, you know, we've been influenced by. And again, it's just very natural. It's not something that's... Overthought. It's not something that we're sitting there trying to, you know, plan. It's just the way it's worked, and we're like, great, that works. That sounds good. Brilliant. Let's go with that, and that's it. 
Well, you know, I compliment you. know, the songs we've heard so far have been so much fun. Uh, Lost and Found. I mean, that solo, by the way, has such a great classic feel to it. I, I love the way the song builds up. And and Kev, did I, did I have the quote right? I mean, at some point you call this like the song of my life. Is that is that accurate? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I did say that. Um, it, I, I guess. Well, yeah. I mean, that's that's what it is. It, it really, you know, from a lyrical point of view, and the energy that's put into that song. It's if I had to sort of pull together a description of my life and uh, that would be the three and a half four minute audio version sound recording version of uh, me trying to explain as much as i can from a sonic point of view i guess so uh, yeah, yeah. That, that's the that's the song that i would say um personally describes a lot of stuff and and actually from a point of view that we, it was the first song we recorded and there was a lot of stuff that was happening behind the scenes and there's a lot of stuff that we've dealt with over the last couple of years that you know stuff we can't talk openly about, but stuff that goes on in every everybody's lives. You know, it's just you know standard. Everybody has to deal with stuff. Then you know you pour that energy into the music, and um, I think you know uh, we've been good at turning negatives into positives when it comes to um, expressing ourselves musically. Well, you know, I'll ask further on that too because the stories of your life. I mean, I, I with the single "L.A. Vampire," uh, Kev. I know you're you're based in in L.A. at the time, and and is that based on true stories? What we're hearing in here? Yes, um, yeah, definitely. You know, I love L.A. You know, and L.A. has been really good to me, and you know, it's somewhere that I really feel at home. Um, but the experiences again, it's more of a tongue in cheek song, more of a kind of a bit of a you know comedy sort of. Uh, taking a comedy point of view, you know, taking the mic rather than being too serious um, about characters. Because, you you know, on a daily basis, you bump into people who influence you constantly. And in L.A., you know, there's a lot of dreamers, um, especially, um, I suppose, in the old days, you know, a lot of dreamers move to L.A. You know, they have big ideas that they want to take on the world in a way, you know, uh, from a personal point of view and achieve something massive, really. And... um, there's a lot of people who feed off that energy as well, um, sometimes in a negative way, sometimes in a positive way. And it's about sort of building those relationships. And sometimes if they do go down the negative route, they can uh, suck the life out of you. And that can sometimes be the LA vampire. You know, so they're not necessarily fangs and a cloak and, you know, <laughs> someone who's going to pop up and bite you kind of thing. But more to do with uh, people who may represent that in a more, you know, you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there are parts in L.A. where you could have someone with things pop up and bite you. Not that that's what you're talking about, but I think those pockets do exist. That's true. That <laughs> is true. Very true. Yes. And I have, um, you know, met a few people with fangs as well in L.A. So, yeah, there you go. Well, we are certainly enticed with this uh, trio of tracks. Uh, what can we expect? I mean, uh, do all three of these lead up to a full album, or are you going to keep the singles uh, party going? Or what's the plan? Well, we've got a singles party going at the moment, so we're going to uh, release another track. Uh, the next song is a song called Love City, um, and that's going to be coming out in February. Um, we've got a remix of Lost and Found that's going to be released at some point in the next sort of couple of months as well. And then um, we've been doing the documentary, so all the stuff we shot at Abbey Road, and we had like we've had a film crew with us for the last 
I guess it's going to be nearly a year soon, so that's coming to um, a conclusion soon, and so we'll be releasing that as well, and then the live EP from Abbey Road. So we've got a lot of stuff um, in the pipeline, but it's just, you know, when and what's coming next. But for now, the next single will be uh, a song called Love Day. Is this the uh, the main focus for the both of you right now, or do you consider this still to like the side project? Is this the main band or the, the, side, the side dish? Definitely the main band um, for me. You know, this is this is our band. This is our main project. This is it. Yeah. yeah. Well, I love what I've heard so far. Again, I can't wait to hear what comes next because these three tracks have been so cool to listen to. The magic that you all make together is is certainly very special, and I'm uh, I'm so happy you found each other. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, that's, that's very kind of you. Too. Oh. I really appreciate that. It's really <laughs> great, you know, that you know you put enough the music because that's kind of why we do it. So uh, you know. That that's uh, yeah, that means a lot to us. Now I need a tissue. I'm <laughs> <laughs> well, having a moment. We'll all have that moment. It's been a pleasure <laughs> talking to you both today. Thank all you right. all so much for the music and taking the time. All right. Nice one. You're all right. Take care. Mm-hmm. All the best. My thanks, Andy Rourke, Cav of Blitz Vega. Again, uh, three singles out right now. Hey, Cristo, Lost and Found, and L.A. Vampire, as you hear, a fourth one on the way, and a documentary as well. Looking forward to that. And thanks to you for checking out the episode and the series. Uh, before you get out of here, I hope that you do give us a, a review and a rating if you can do that. And subscribe. If you're not subscribed, you can do so uh, wherever you get your podcasts from. That does include iTunes and Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, Acast, Podchaser, Stitcher, etc., 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 and after that, head to WFPK.org, where I do a show Monday through Friday at 6 p.m. Eastern. It's an hour full of song premieres, music news, anniversary spins, and bonus interviews. That's WFPK.org. Consequence of Sound has your music and film news. You can also find me on social media at Kyle Meredith, wherever you social media from. That is where you'll find me at Kyle Meredith. That does it for another edition of Kyle Meredith. I'll see you next time. Consequence Podcast Network. It's easy to hear your favorite artist on WFPK from wherever you are. Listen on your smart speaker, live stream from our website at WFPK.org from Louisville Public Media. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.